a brilliant scientist, an invention that could change the world, an insect that ruins everything, all this can only mean one thing, we're comparing the fly in this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake, the podcast where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we ask the question, should this remake exist? Today's episode is The Fly. The Fly, originally made in 1958, starring David Hedison, Patricia Owens, Vincent Price, Herbert Marshall, and Charles Herbert. Directed by Kurt Newman. Screenplay by James Clavel and music by Paul Sautel. The Fly, 1986, starring Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, John Getz, and Joy Bushel. Directed by David Cronenberg. Screenplay by Charles Edward Progue and David Cronenberg. Music by Howard Shore. And I just want to mention that both of these films are actually influenced by the short story of the same name by George Langlin. Um, he originally wrote it a short story for Playboy. I thought that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. <laughs> All right, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? First experience with either film is, once again, for this podcast. Really? You never yeah. saw it? Wow. Never saw The Fly. It was one of those things where... Uh, I wouldn't share that information at parties because people would react like, <laughs> like really? you didn't see The Fly? <laughs> Never seen The Fly. Um, I'm surprised I haven't seen The Fly, I, to be honest. So am I, you know? <laughs> clearly. But, uh, but which made this... <laughs> God, my dog's crying a lot, so apologies in advance if, if it's coming through to any of the audio. A- absolutely. But, um, yeah, so I mean, this was my first experience with either film and in a way that's an advantage. Yeah, yeah. I had, had no the, preconceived notions. Yeah, um, rose-colored glasses for you. Sure. Um, I had seen the remake okay. uh, when I was pretty young. Right. So That's, not that's a, messed up. Not an age you should have seen this. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it definitely scared the shit out of yeah, me when I, I was a kid, you know? It's one of those things where you almost like... Because I'm so young, it's like, so it can't happen to me, but maybe it can happen to my dad. Right. So I was like, oh God, is this going to happen to my dad? Uh, so, blue, my dad. It's, it's possible yeah. based on what we saw in this film. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely terrified me. Um, I had never seen the original, but mm-hmm. I guess I had seen parts of it, or at least it inspired one episode of The Simpsons. He has ours where Bart <laughs> changes, uh, not doesn't right. fuse with the fly, but his head gets replaced with the right. fly's head, and then right. he um, gets to live out as a little fly. So... I was like, oh, that's yeah. where they got because they didn't exactly copy the remake. They went after the original, which is interesting right. for The Simpsons to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. In a weird way, like like you're mentioning in popular culture, like the parts of The Fly I remember that I know of, I was assuming were part of this remake, but they're actually more reference uh, the original, most of yeah. pop culture. It is interesting. And I'm just going to throw this out there early. Like, I thought, the, I swear... I looked this up and I was talking to you about it. I looked up that the original was in black and white. I mean, we watched it in color, right? Right. right. Um, but I swear I saw it somewhere in black and white, like or some reviewer talking about it, and then like I saw it in passing black and white. Apparently, 
a lot of people think they saw the original in black and white, but it's right. not in black and white at all. Uh, it's the, the Mandela effect the, yeah, the coming Mandela, in. Yeah. We're all remembering it wrong. Apparently, the two sequels to the original are in black and white, but the original was definitely shot in color. Cheap bastard. So just if anybody thinks they saw the original in black and white, like let me know, because I feel like I yeah. definitely saw clips of it in black and white. And maybe we are in a parallel universe. It's like that Sinbad movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> the Sinbad where he's a genie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, there are a significant amount of differences in this film. Yes. Um, so. Let's get into that. So before we do that, we'll do the synopsis, of course. They are very different. So mm. I this I'm is a very brief <laughs> synopsis. More like footnotes, really. Sure. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll do my best to kind of sum up exactly um, what we're going to talk about. Here we go. A scientist is working on a teleportation device. It disintegrates all object cells in one pod and reintegrates them in another pod, you know, for teleportation. The only other person who knows about this is his female partner. So far, the device only works on inanimate objects. The scientist experiments on living organisms with less than stellar results. I'm sure we'll talk about that. (laughs) He keeps at it and is eventually able to teleport animals. He then decides to teleport himself. This is where things go wrong. A housefly enters the machine as well, and their DNA is mixed. The scientist is no longer a man, and is becoming more fly by the moment. He ultimately decides, with the female partner, to end his life before the fly totally takes control. The end. that's our sci-fi horror synopsis like i said they're very different different films films. so um i couldn't really connect too much like the names are all completely different Mm -hmm. the order of events is different uh and i think that should probably be where we start this discussion um i mean do you want to start with like how it's told or just like how they're kind of just two different movies genre wise which one do you think Maybe the genre. Let's talk genre. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking back too. Into that. Um, so, you know, they're both classified as sci-fi horror films, right. but I feel like that name is more appropriate for the remake than the original. <laughs> totally, the uh, effects and the horror in the remake squarely put it in that category of a uh, of science fiction horror. Whereas in the original, the sci-fi is definitely a major part of the film, but there, there's kind of you're kind of unpacking a mystery, like, uh, yeah. as to how things happen. There's this question of how the scientist dies, or, like, the events that led up to it in the first set, that's, you're not quite getting in the remake, because everything's sequential, you're seeing events as they occur, whereas you almost have to go backwards to find out how we had the right. beginning of the movie. Because the the original starts off with pretty much the end of the movie, with right. the scientist already dead. Right. And the whole time, you're just trying to figure out why he's dead, what happened, what are the series of events that led up to this. Mm-hmm. That's the hook yeah. of the original, so it's more of totally. a mystery thing. Whereas the remake, they, like you said, they go in order, mm-hmm. and the hook isn't so much like what happened, but like what is going to happen. Right. Because um, it doesn't really happen until like, he teleports with the fly. And then that's where they hook you. Like, okay, what's going to happen to him now? Right. Right? So it's like just totally different approaches to telling the story where one's like a mystery and one's more just like a regular telling of the story the remake is more of a progression it builds into ultimately what it becomes in a in in a very smart way it 
it's like subtly getting more and more disturbing as you're mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah. The original, um, the the more disturbing parts are what's going on. Is this woman crazy? Are these people um, normal? Like how? Like really, the question is what's going on in the original. And I think that that though they're different, each movie respectfully serves its purpose by uh, the way they're telling the story. Yeah, the original, the way it's told, because. It is, like, this mystery, like, what happened? And then, like, did he really turn to a fly? Mm-hmm. It could almost be a psychological thriller. Sure, sure. Because it's, like, it could all be in her head, and she just murdered her husband. Shut up, island. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Seriously. It could have been. Like, the way they were, the way they set it up, they easily could have went that route, where she's just insane and just had this fantasy I mean, that her husband became a fly. I mean, the movie, like you are saying... Could very well just walk, kept walking in that direction. You don't really get the the reveal that it was true until the end, and by then it's so horrific that everyone's like, "Oh, geez." Uh, <laughs> I I love the part where they're just like, "Well, I could have set the machine wrong." Yeah. <laughs> He could have done it himself, <laughs> right? They're just, they're just trying to like make it up and to make sure she doesn't go to jail for any yeah. murder. Yeah, uh, but we're getting ahead. We're, of we're getting yeah, 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 ahead of our skis. Um, but um, I guess the remake going a different route, not doing mystery. I right. think it was the right move for for that film. I yeah, honestly, this is the first remake that we're watching where they basically threw away. <laughs> More or less the original story. I mean, not not the original story, but like they threw away how the film, one genre, and the way they tell the story. Right. Where most of our remakes are pretty much, in some ways, doing a one-to-one. Almost a beat-for-beat thing. Mm-hmm. The only other film that's kind of like this is the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the first film. Okay. That we watched. That's kind of, I guess I could see the similarities too, because that was also more based on the book than it was the, the original right. film. Right. And then this is based on the short story, but even like just comparing it to that, like the original film mm-hmm. is truer to that short story That's than true. this remake was. That's fair. So it was a big departure. A lot of that was Cronenberg. Right. He came in with a lot of rewrites. Yeah. He wanted to do something completely different because they're in reading mm-hmm. what they originally did. There was a lot of elements from that original film, okay. but he ultimately decided, no, let's, I really want to change a lot of it, and good changes. It, it was, <laughs> very very good changes. It, it felt, of the time, even like from the, the opening sequence, it's a, they're at the art gallery, it's very 80s, and yeah. like it feels like, I don't know, it's an 80s film, but it doesn't do that 80s cheese that we're kind of used to. It does, it, it like... Sort of gets close to it, it in the beginning. Yeah, But sure. then it really <laughs> kind of becomes its own thing. It's, Absolutely. It's definitely not an 80s film Yeah, uh, by that definition. I, I think that it's it's a bold choice because people are very precious with uh, original films, as you know, we're finding out ourselves as we're watching these movies. But I think that by doing its own thing and standing on its own merits, it, it I don't really have a complaint about it because it's a nice take on uh, no. on it. no. And just going back to, like, they're both classified as sci-fi horror. Mm. I really wouldn't classify the original as horror unless it's considered, like, B-movie horror. Because right, right. it's, like, really, like, especially about today's standards. Yeah. There's nothing really horrific about it. I mean, you know, the mystery part draws you in. Right. But 
you called the movie The Fly, right? Right, right. <laughs> you kind of showed your hand a little early there with the title of the film. Right. So we know what's going to happen. Right. We just want to see, I guess, but we're totally. still willing to go for the ride because they did set it up in an interesting enough way. I agree. But I feel like the mystery is it, definitely weakened by calling it The Fly. <laughs> sure. Whereas, like, um, in this film, especially towards the end of the remake, like you, can, you could definitely put that just... In the genre of horror, whereas yeah. this original film, like Little Shop of Horrors, the original is scarier as a film than this is. There's not really a <laughs> lot of horror um, in this film, but the big, the big kind of like quoted moment, the big sort of reveal that has stood the test of time in terms of like popular culture, eh, it's pretty, pretty screwed up. Yeah, uh, it was definitely screwed up, and I think the remake. Leans more into that type of uh, that type of scare with a lot of interesting practical effects. Yeah, I mean, I think we're kind of leaning into this direction, so maybe we should just talk about the fly Let's in both about. movies. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we have two very different interpretations <laughs> of um, how you become a fly. Mm-hmm. I guess um, we'll go into the I guess the actual science of like what happens in each movie first, and then sure. we'll describe. Yeah, so we can do the science, and we'll come back to more character stuff later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So just, like, what physically happens um, to our lead scientist in each movie. Um, In the original, um, when he goes into the teleporter with the fly, um, when he comes out the other end, parts of their bodies have been swapped. So he comes out with his human body, but one of his arms has been replaced with a fly leg or whatever 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 appendage Uh, and then his whole head has been replaced with a fly head and he can't talk at all right right and the the change is instant you should also make that distinct uh, distinction too yeah like in in the original film he you know he does experiment you don't see like you don't see what happens and there, no. again, there is still this mystery because yeah. he's covering his head, he's covering his arm, and yeah, he's got his hand in his pocket and he's got a towel over his head. You know, <laughs> it's, again, I'm going. I might say this a few times during this podcast, but B movie yeah. stuff. You yeah, know? totally. Especially by today's standards, yeah. um, it definitely falls into the camp of camp. Actually. Yeah, um, I'm sure it was terrifying at the time. Uh, I'm sure. But I'm sure. Our standards have been raised since. They, a lot of a uh, lot of gore now, but mm-hmm. um. So, there, yeah, there's just this, even though you more or less know what's happening, because he, he's covering right. key areas where it's like, all right, right, there must have been some sort of change. Right. But the movie's called The Fly, so you know right. <laughs> what probably happened under We're, that exa- towel. Exactly, but it still lets you play out that mystery. Yeah. Um, and there, there's a struggle early on to try to figure, you know, find the fly and like solve. Like, there, there seems to be more hope, I think, in that film as yeah. to actually, like, correcting this in some way. Everyone thinks that they're going to be able to. The remake, Jeff Goldblum isn't very concerned with becoming a fly early on. And actually, it's almost, in a weird way, it's kind of like the Spider-Man effect. He's almost like a super Goldblum. Well, we should mention that he doesn't swap body parts with the fly at all. It's a total fusion of the two of them, right? The fly does not come out on the other end of the teleporter. It's just Jeff Goldblum, and he looks normal at first. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's a complete fusion, and, um, you know, everything seems okay, but you 
no. Like, the movie's called Fly. This yeah. guy's going to turn into a fly. Yeah. So um, that's kind of, that's like I said before, that's the hook. You're waiting to see how much of a fly this guy's going to turn into. Right. And whoa, oh, <laughs> you, you definitely see later. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a complete fusion as opposed to just swapping some body parts. Totally. And uh, in that way, a lot less scenes of people listening and looking for flies. Um, yes. There's a lot less fly catching in the film and just more of this, like you said, instead of uh, swaps, the fusion just makes it, like like you said, more psychological mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a way. And you're just seeing a man transforming, mutating into something that is just inhuman. Yeah. Creepy. It is very <laughs> creepy. And uh, I really like how it's not an instant transformation. I think I think that that's a smart. Yeah, that was definitely a smart move because in the original when he turns into a fly, he he can't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. He only communicates by pounding once for yes and twice for no, and that's it. And we didn't spend a lot of time with our protagonist right. uh, previous to that, so you don't really get a lot at first perspective and like how this is affecting him. You know he doesn't like it. Right. <laughs> right. Um that he, he wants to cure himself. Um, but you really don't get a lot from him as opposed to the Jeff Goldblum character who, um, you know, maintains a lot of his humanity still till pretty much the end of the film. He's able to talk. And, uh, I think that sort of that downward spiral journey is just such an interesting one that they did in the remake. It, It draws the focus from kind of like finding out what happened because I mean like you said they tip their hand you know what's going to happen yeah. so like we're taking more attention away from in the original film where you're you're trying to figure out what happened to now in this remake a more character driven and you're you're seeing the effects of this transformation on a single singular person mm-hmm. and I think that uh, if you're going to have a lead you might as well use your lead and, yeah exactly you know, we can, we'll definitely get into more character driven stuff what are, you, what are your thoughts on the science of the disintegrator integrator versus the uh, the telepods? Telepods. Well, it's kind of the same <laughs> science, right? I mean, there's like, more boops and beeps. In that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, going back to the original being kind of like a B movie. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. when you think of scientists, I guess in the fifties, you know, you got a bunch of lights and yeah. uh, different mechanisms that you click on but you don't you don't know what they do but they right. look pretty right. they look like it looks like a scientific lab as opposed to the 86 remake where it's just two of these pods which look kind of like cocoons mm-hmm. I, I love the design of them oh, yeah, and right. uh, it just hooked both like hooked up to a 80s computer um lots a lot more simple than yeah. all the lights and gizmos of the original i found um i found the amount of amount of showing the machine in the original would be uh, overly done. It's like, every time you're going to use the pod, I don't need to see a light show, um, as it were. And I think the remake does a good job of, it, it's working, we don't have to, like, <laughs> show fire the, it up. the object teleporting every yeah. time. I think, you know, you go, I put myself in the shoes of, like, a fil- filmmaker in the 50s, like, you know, it's, it's, that's a pretty impressive no, it's, <laughs> that's the thing. feat to make something disappear on screen like that, so you're going to milk it for all it's worth yeah. <laughs> at that and, point. And you got to imagine that audiences at that time would have been very impressed with yeah. that display, so that's a, that's a good point. It doesn't age well, but uh, I no. definitely see the 
why they did it. Yeah. yeah. And then just going back to the design of it, like the original telepod or disintegrator integrator. Yeah, disintegrator integrator. Um, which just rolls off the tongue. Trademark. Uh, <laughs> it's just like pretty much just a glass box. Yeah. As opposed to yeah. like the heavy black machinery that looks like a cocoon in the remake. So again, like I love the design totally. of the telepods in the remake. In a... I didn't think I was going to want to talk about this so early, but like, I guess we're talking about the science. Um, the remake is obviously like just a more sexual film. And I found, <laughs> I found it interesting that like in the ni- more uh, kind of muted 1950s way, it's like, here's a ashtray, your aunt goddess. And like, <laughs> like that's the inanimate object versus like, let me get one of your stockings. And like, he's teleporting that. That's true. That, that was an interesting first object. To, it to really teleport. was. Let me really just was. show you a bunch of my leg and give you my yeah. stockings. Like, yeah. all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like I said, the the first movie feels more um, like sanitized, like that fifties um, sort of sensibility. Whereas this remake is, I don't know, there's just that that eighties like sex is dripping off. <laughs> the, the computer is ambiguous, but uh, but like I like that they don't really get into a huge explanation of how the machine works. Whereas like in the original, well, my dear, it's just like a TV. Where yeah, like it, I, I like that. They, I don't know. Well, I, I'm going to go back again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is pretty uncharted territory, so maybe right. people need a bigger explanation of how a Fair. teleporter would work, Fair. as opposed to like you know by the E's. Like, yeah, I get it. I've seen Star Trek. Yeah, <laughs> right. This, I think We're, it predates Star Trek, right? Yeah, yeah. So like, right. yeah, everybody's seen Star Trek since the original, so everybody knows how a teleporter works. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And to your point, at that point, they can even call it a telepod. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas <laughs> disintegrator, integrator, disintegrator, which is always the fun of science fiction when you go back and watch and think what they think right. the future is going to be like and it just has that like uh, feel of like the old like old school like washing machine commercials it, or like something like that it it um fuck it cleans it <laughs> my dear it's a disintegrator integrator <laughs> taking matter and turning it into other matter over there I get it I get it <laughs> but like um uh, it does feel like almost like an infomercial. Yeah, device. right. Yeah. Right. Like when he's explaining it, it's like, don't you hate when your hands get soggy? Don't you <laughs> hate it when I accidentally put the cat in there and the cat's dead now? <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> we'll talk about the animal. We'll, we'll talk about that stuff. But um, yeah. I mean, overall, like, I guess what we're getting at is that the science is is established enough, even though it's still futuristic and doesn't actually exist. Even to this day, the science uh, '80s audience is going to give you, leeway, especially the '80s. I mean, like there was all kinds of weird science going on at the time. Um, there was all kinds of like science fiction, so like people would just accept a teleporter. Yeah, and you know it's going to be it's impossible for us to go back to the '50s, but I, I I don't really know how people felt about that type of technology at the time. Yeah, I'm sure. I I always just put myself like. They're much more naive in the yeah. 50s. Yeah. They, they don't know what they're doing. So, like, you have to over-explain everything back then. Just, like, going back to, like, remember when we did Psycho? Right. They really explained, yes. like, what it's like to have, like, that break from reality where he was his mom and he's himself at the same time. Right. It's like, right. it's, that, that was so new back then. So, I always give them, like, you know. A little bit of. Yeah, a little bit of leeway. Little, like, all right, all right. Totally, you got to explain totally. it. But I want to go back to, you had touched upon it and then mm-hmm. I kind of interrupted you. Um, when... So we said the original, when he turns into a fly, it's like sucks right away. His life sucks. Right. But like when the fusion happens in the remake, mm-hmm. his life is pretty good. Yes. I kind of want to touch on that a little 
bit. Okay. That, I thought that was a, like we said, that's really good decision, I think, because that lets us stay with our main character and we kind of go on this roller coaster ride with them where things seem really good at first sure. before they take that nosedive. I think um, just to give ourselves more freedom to discuss this as well, uh, we can sort of move into the phase where we're talking about the protagonist because there's really not much to say about Andre. <laughs> you know, he, he's a... Uh, that's the name of a scientist in the first film. Yep. He's a family man. Really, relatively uh, to other main characters, he gets close to no screen time. Yeah, um, especially since he has to wear a fly mask. Yes. That is actually the actor in the fly mask. Oh, that's not cool. just some random dude. That's cool. It's just one of those things where... Uh, you know, he, he's fine, but, you know, your standard 50s guy. I Pretty love much. my wife, and I love science. <laughs> All the joys and wonders of the world. We can make it a better place. And then he's a fly. <laughs> uh, we can fast forward completely by that, because like, he's barely a character, and I would argue other characters are the lead in the film. Yeah. But uh, Goldblum, we got to unpack this. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. um, Seth Brundle. Seth Brundle. And, like we're saying, his life isn't... Bad at the beginning, you know. He, I like that they just kind of pick up at this like party. At yeah, that, and he's like, he's just randomly at this art party. Yeah, okay, why not? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, he's talking to Gina Davis, who, by the way, fantastic in this film. She, she, she sells she's, it. She's hot. She, she's, <laughs> she is. I mean, she's obviously gorgeous in the right, film, but like, right. she's like really good in it. Too. Oh, that too. Yeah, she let's has, not just she, objectify her. <laughs> she really this. Horror movie works so much just because of her reactions yes, to totally. Jeff Goldblum becoming totally. a fly. She she adds this human element to it. Um, where like mm-hmm. Jeff, you know, he's he's a man of science. He's kind of like focused more on like clearly his work and like how he's yeah. how he's uh, doing things. Um, Socially awkward, definitely. So, I've put a lot of creepy notes in yeah. when he his first interactions sure. with Gina Davis. Sure. Right, which then, like, kind of why you get, like, the idea of, give me your stocking. Like, it is weird <laughs> for him to want to do that. But. I was I was surprised he didn't smell the stocking. Yeah. She had it that came later. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, like, we learn, we're learning more about him uh, through the lens that she's a photojournalist. I mean, excuse me, she's a journalist, which is in good touch. Um, but, like, he he's, he's scientific, but he didn't really make the parts. He's just right. kind of, like... Ordering the parts and putting together, so it feels like yeah. he's kind of like almost he's almost like, like the Steve Jobs kind of. Yeah, like, I have an idea for this. Make it happen, and I'll put it together. Right. <laughs> kind of. That's the gist of what I got from him. Yeah, and and it sort of replicates the original film where um, no one else really knows about what mm-hmm. he's doing. So he's kind of like shopping out these parts, and so no one knows that he's making. Kind of like I don't always bring him up, but kind of like Batman and Batman Begins, <laughs> where he just got different parts from different sections, yeah, yeah. nobody could Rise figure out. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, when he ordered the mask in Batman mm-hmm. Begins, yeah, like totally. Ten thousand of those from there, ten thousand of these from there. Nobody will know him, Batman. But I love that you brought up the socially awkward part because he is awkward and um, super awkward, super awkward, very nerdy. But when he fuses with the fly, and again for some reason, I really. Don't understand why the fly splicing has made him like super horny. Super horny. <laughs> uh, he does. He does random gymnastics in his home now. I like that. I just. Like, I love that. I just need to pole vault. <laughs> and, and it's like um, clearly there's something wrong because he's got like the hairs going out of his back. But like, it's not immediately observable that yeah. a change has happened. Other than he's acting weirder and seemingly stronger um, for reasons 
Um, well, I think it's a good idea. You want it, this thing to almost seem like a gift before it's, right. it's like a curse. Because if it's just sucky immediately, then it's like, well, I don't want to be on this hour-long ride right, right. where your life just sucks, man. It's kind of depressing. Totally. You know, bring us up before you bring us down. And, and like you're saying, bringing it up, it, it makes you... It makes you get behind the character in a way because you're like you're watching. It's like, oh shit, life's getting pretty, yeah. pretty cool for this guy. Good. Like, um, towards the end, like in my notes, it started to say it was almost like a drug metaphor because he's trying to keep that that yeah, high. high. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, good. Yeah, it's very good because you know he's again using the machine like sort of dubiously, just more than he should. I guess like it's not like he just he. Uh, hits the telepod once. He goes back in and he wants to put yeah. other people yeah, in. Yeah. He's like, you gotta try it too. This yeah. is amazing. You wanna feel like I feel? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, skin's starting to fall off and ears are starting to fall off. But, uh... And he's got all those zits from all that sugar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just like, it's a, it's a subtle, at first, it's a subtle turn where, like, everything's going really good. Mm-hmm. And then, like... It just slowly starts to just kind of decay almost. Yeah. And um, he feels, according to him, he feels great, but he's starting to look more and more monstrous, and um, his behavior becomes monstrous. He's he's he is the movie monster. Yeah. In this scenario, and it's a it's an interesting turn, and I think Cronenberg captures it really well with these beautiful effects, by the way, of of the man becoming the monster, um, which. I don't think I was really expecting that from The Fly. No, it was it was beautiful. And just going back to the beautiful makeup, um, the effects were created by Chris Wallace and makeup artist Stevis Dupis. And I just wanted to say, um, amazing. Yeah. Amazing effects. Uh, I talk about a lot how I love practical effects. This sure. is one of the best uses of practical effects I've ever seen in the movie. I knew, Hands I knew down. Gonna, I knew you were going to like this one. I just based loved off it. That. I mean, just... Even to this day, like it holds up, like it looks yeah. real. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really look too fake at no. all. Maybe, maybe towards the very the, the acidy things with like uh, some of the effects on like uh, on actual humans, like when people lose hands or like the yeah, yeah, arms break or stuff like that. Like that stuff looks a little cheesy and fake, but like the effect of the fly, and I think because they went the route of not really making them look like a fly, so you don't have this right. mask. Right, right, so it doesn't look like... It, I'm just going to say, the original looks kind of dumb and cheesy. Oh, it looks very dumb. Like, yeah, because, like, he takes... Very Twilight Zone. It, this big reveal in the original where she's like, oh my god, he looks like a fly, and it's it's kind of comical, because yeah, it, it doesn't is. look scary at all. It's like, like Merp. <laughs> the big eyes, this yeah. goofy antenna, you know, it's... It's not scary because it's just so like, wow, that looks kind of stupid on a person's body. But like the slow, like disintegrated transformation of Jeff Goldblum's character, right. you know, and I just really love the small moments. Like when he's just in front of the mirror, like when he's picking off his fingernails, oh my God, so that so like, so even, like even today, I was just like watching, I was just like, oh, I can't, yeah, I cannot yeah. handle that. No, just... It looks so good how they did it. I, there was practical effects or brilliant totally just picking off his fingernails one at a time and not just the makeup effect but the sound design for it too right like the whole, oh. i was just so immersed in it like it felt so real the way they did it it was 100%, crazy 100 percent agree and then they kind of get he gets the uh fact he's putting the mittens on his hands <laughs> yeah like, he can't type without those mittens oh man but like it it's that slow like you're saying disintegration is decay into the monster and it's like 
his features are becoming more and like slowly though, like more, right. like the teeth eventually change. Right. And you're, he's still uh, recognizable as a yes, human. It's not until the very end that right. we see his transformation. So we're able to really sort of put ourselves in like in that position. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, if this was me, like what would happen? You know, it's like, damn, and, it's relatable. And kind of getting back to uh, Jeff Goldblum's portrayal as a scientist, and I think Jeff Goldblum does this well. And, Pretty much every time he does this in a <laughs> science movie, um, he's really good at being, like, intrigued in a way that, like, most people would be horrified and be trying to figure out what the hell's going on. He's more like, hmm, interesting, Brundle has become right. fly like And he has a really good way of selling it, like, yeah. where you would be horrified. It's like, I guess I could see it as intriguing, yeah. you know, the way you're talking about it. Right. Um, so he's really good at that. Yeah. And, like, you know, Gina Davis just has to kind of, like, just observe what's happening right. to this person. React to yeah. Um, again, she she has a great reaction. Uh, I even say the original actress. Um, sorry, I forget her name offhand. Beautiful. Yeah, Patricia Owens. And even Patricia Owens, like you said, the reveal was goofy, but she sells it too with her classic fifties scream. <laughs> that she sells the scream. I'll, I'll get into that more. Yeah. We're gonna talk about the, the female leads. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, but yeah. Well, We'll get into that, but um, but I don't know. There, there's just something very compelling. Um, this is gonna be a weird sort of example, but like I found the movie felt more like almost like the Joker to me. The the movie that just came out, um, it felt more like a character study because we spent so much time yeah. with Jeff Goldblum and how he's becoming this thing, and um, you know, and how it's affecting his relationship with Gene yeah. Davis and Hookers. Well, no, well, she's not a hooker. Not she's a hooker, she's a random bar fly. Hey, yo. Hey, But, yeah, I think that's one of the, definitely one of the strengths of the remake is because after he sort of fuses with this fly, we, we stand this journey with him. And like you said, Jeff Goldblum has this way of selling this curse as, like, this, this intrigue. Like, man, right. I really want to see what's happening. I want to know what's happening. You know, parts of his body are falling off, mm-hmm. but he's, like, preserving them. You know, he's never, like fully freaked out, you know, no. he'll, he'll vomit in front of Ronnie, but he'll be like, oh, that was a little disgusting, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he'll right, just, right. He'll, like, sort of apologize, uh, but he's not, like, acid. he's not, like, breaking down, he's not, like, he's not really regretting no. what he, uh, what happened to his he, life. Um, he's so intrigued by it, and you're, side, you're sort of intrigued, right. you're going along for the ride with him, because, like, his intrigue is your intrigue. Which I think is how um, the Gina Davis character is able to sort of sell not freaking out right away because he's trying to keep her calm. Right. And um, I love, uh, we mentioned this before, and I'll actually sort of read it, but, like, I love um, where I knew the turn was, like, all right, he's done. Because, <laughs> uh, he's, he goes in this crazy monologue, and I'll just kind of read it out loud really quick. And this is uh, Jeff Goldblum. You're afraid to dive into the plasma pool, aren't you? You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? I bet you think you woke me up about the flesh, don't you? But you only know society's straight line about the flesh. You can't penetrate beyond society's sick, grave fear of the flesh. And it's just like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> and, like, here's a line. Drink deep or taste not the plasma spring. You see what I'm saying? And I'm not just talking about sex and penetration. No one was talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about penetration beyond the veil of the flesh, a deep penetrating dive into the plasma pool. So it's like he just starts turning into, like, Jim Morrison. <laughs> like... Ride the snake, man. <laughs> Ride the plasma Ride pool. the snake. <laughs> the the telepod is hot. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Nice. I, I did not think we'd be bringing up the doors. But I didn't excellent. Think... <laughs> excellent. Well, Paul, it, in a in a way, it is like psychedelic. It's free. Well, back to the drug reference. It's this freaky ride. That's true. Into the like, like you could have done this in like a eighties like music video, you know, and it would have been, it would have worked, you know. I just think that they do such a good job of, and I mean, between the direction, the makeup, um, all the set design, like I said, even the sound, they do a great job of making Jeff Goldblum become this monster. And Jeff Goldblum is totally selling it in a way that, like, at first, when you should, you should already be on 10. And even as an audience member, I'm kind of like at a five. It's like, all right, this is <laughs> fucked up, but... Uh, Alright, nails came off. Alright. <laughs> Ear fell off? <laughs> Still banging away. Let's see what happens. Uh, and <laughs> I, guess, I guess we'll talk about this too, speaking of like Jim Morrison for some reason. The weirdly raw sexual energy of Jeff Goldblum in this film, like, he's not wearing shirts for most of the film. <laughs> That's uh, what I remember from my youth. Like, yeah, hey, that dude doesn't wear a shirt, does he? <laughs> yeah. And like, you're taking a guy who like usually kind of plays more like nerd and they kind of like sexed him up a little bit and I, I mean like physically he looks good as before he doesn't <laughs> you know <laughs> um so like I, i'm totally sold that this guy's life is awesome and then i'm realizing that no it's not this is very bad yeah. and uh it just elevates in a way that it's like it's too late it's too late to solve the problem and it's it's interesting that he never really tried to solve it as opposed to the original where... That was just like his first instinct. I need, right. We need to solve well, this I got right a flyhead. Right. <laughs> I better type on my typewriter. Which, yes. <laughs> Which, you know, ultimately just all dives back into your original point that the slow progression, how it affects the movie versus just that instant right. swap. Um, I, both serve their purpose, as we said before, but I, I love the progression in the remake. Yeah, absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah. Can't... can't can't disagree with that. I mean, it's just so interesting. You really can put yourself in his shoes. Like, right. what would I be doing in that whole time? And it's like, it, he, his performance just mm-hmm. like totally sells it. So, totally. hats off to what they did yeah. in the remake with that. Hats off to Jeff Goldblum. And uh, unfortunately, in the original, I can't. If we're talking protagonist versus protagonist, Jeff Goldblum is just running away with this thing. Oh, yeah. Original actor, again, it's fine. He's fine, but they, like you said, they didn't give him a lot to work with. We don't even see him till like minute twenty six. Yeah, almost like halfway through. It's the crazy because, like we said, it starts off with like his death, and mm-hmm. so obviously he's dead, so he's not going to do anything. Right, and then you don't see him until a flashback, which happened like I marked down like, around minute twenty six, where he's just like, "Hey, darling, yeah. I'm, I'm an inventor, and you're my wife. Isn't life dandy?" Yeah, um, you know. So he's oh, Dandaloo the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he obviously he doesn't get as much screen time as Jeff Goldblum. Right. He doesn't get as much to do, and then you don't get to really get into his psyche once he's that fly. You right. just know he's tormented and he's trying to find a cure, which is you know yeah, it's just good. But you know what Jeff, what they did with Jeff Goldblum and just being able to be on him with the whole journey, sure, you know, sure, so much more intriguing. Just to springboard off of what you're uh, you're saying there, when you're talking about the psyche, we're now moving this part of the film. Uh, the psychological side of it is more on the wife in the original. Mm. So I think we can start talking about our... Okay, yeah, we can talk about our our female leads. Female leads. Absolutely. We have Helene and Ronnie, or Veronica, 
and they're portrayed by Patricia Owens in the original and Gina Davis in the remake. Mm. Patricia Owens being the wife of our scientist and right. Gina Davis being sort of the girlfriend, right. reporter. Right. A lot of the original film is carried by Patricia Owens yeah. <clears throat> in terms of really the only, like you said, the hook that you have is that she's murdered her husband. No one can really explain it because according to everyone that's ever known her, even a doctor who I even delivered her. <laughs> uh, everyone is like, well, she wouldn't do this. They yeah. loves her husband. And, and it's actually compelling to see why a woman who's madly in love with her husband would do right. that to him. And we're trying to figure out, figure that out throughout the film. And me- meanwhile, it's like, she's done this horrific thing. She won't tell anybody why she did it. Um, Presumably because she knows no one's going to believe her, and it's just, it's just now trying to unpack this this mystery. And I I really like the way that they have to go back and start from the beginning um, in the film, versus Gina Davis, who's this journalist. Um, you know, we don't know much about her. We don't really know much about Jeff Goldblum, yeah. but uh, that's a good hook that she has a a reason or an interest to still be kind of like meeting up with this guy besides mm. just their relationship it's a, the story of the century yeah and at a, at particle magazine they're gonna, they're gonna they're gonna break it i just i just found that um gina davis in terms of like reaction is great but uh patricia owens is driving the story i think yeah to that point uh the reason is because like patricia owens really has to she's sort of the part of the mystery um, mm-hmm. before we go into the flashback and then she's sort of the character that we're following right. uh, in the flashback, right. right? Especially, like we said before, once um, Andre becomes the fly, he can't talk anymore. So mm-hmm. everything we're hearing, she's even, like, he's typing her notes. She's reading them. Right. We're hearing them through her voice. So we're fo- it's her journey we're really following. Right. At the end. And, like, we never see Andre experiment on himself. We never see him trying to solve what's happening. You know, we really follow her right. through the whole flashback. So she really carries a lot of that film, as opposed to the remake, where it's, I feel like it's still kind of split. Oh no, it is, it is split, really, because you do follow Jeff Goldblum by himself, and sometimes you do just follow Gina Davis uh, by herself. Um, So it's a little more even that way, but the original definitely leans heavily on the Helene character. Maybe a little bit of the Francois, too, Mm. but it's definitely like... It's like you had said before. It, it feels like we're following two different people. We're following Helene in the original as opposed to the remake where we're following Jeff Goldblum more. Right, right. <clears throat> and I mean, when we when we are following um, Ronnie, it more so has to do with the things going on in her own life, which it's not distracting it really in any way, but like the interplay with her, her boss and stuff like that who they've hooked up. And I there's... It's kind of in both directions, a bit of a jealousy uh, from Jeff Goldblum and from the boss character. Like, it's it's there. It's not heavy or really consequential, ultimately, in the film. But uh, it just fleshes out her character a little bit more. She's a lot more reactionary, mm-hmm. I feel. Which is not putting down her performance no, at all. No, it's, it's an amazing reaction she has. <laughs> exactly. For the love interest as it were, you have that dynamic of she's independent in a way that Patricia Owens isn't. She's dating John Getz kind of on and off from uh, 
What film is he in? He's in uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yeah. <laughs> Sue <Which>, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> he plays Creep well. He plays Creep really well. I think um, he was also in uh, one of my other favorite movies, Men at Work. He is a Men at Work. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. But, I don't know, like, you get to see, in the original film, like, Goldblum's sort of breakdown versus Patricia Owens kind of, to an extent, breaking down because she has to, like, deny knowing her own son. You know, she's about to be committed and stuff like that. Like, yeah, that was weird. Yeah, yeah. I just think that she's she's kind of, like, her hand's sort of forced because of her husband's mistake in her trying to, like, solve it. And it, it's an interesting dynamic for the female lead to be, ultimately, because, like I say, he's just typing things, ultimately being really our true lead in the film the remakes is a little bit more split yeah Um, I mean I get that she's like more of the lead in the original and yeah she carried it pretty well mm -hmm. um I guess if I have to like compare the actresses and the performances they had to give like you know um Patricia Owens is kind of unraveling this mystery for us right right while Gene Davis's uh Ronnie I feel like her job is really to sell the horror Mm -hmm. to us totally and if I had to compare, like, which one I think did their job better. I feel like Gene Davis sold the horror significantly better I'm, than Patricia Owens unraveled the mystery. I'm with you. Because as I was watching the 1956 film, um, when I'm looking at Andre... 58. Uh, sorry. Uh, sorry. <laughs> when, when I'm watching the 1958 film, Patricia Owens and uh, Andre character, they, they just feel like 50s actors you know there's nothing yeah. spectacular about their performance it's they, not a lot of depth no no it's very very much of the time yeah and you know she does a great job but you could probably swap her out with any number of like starlets at the time um one of the sh- strongest performances and it's insane because he's not in the movie very long either i mean no one's in the movie that, <laughs> that long because of mystery but uh like vincent price to me is the strongest actor in that film I think he's able to convey the most emotion I, I, of all the uh, actors in the film. Right, right. And I think that that's something that uh, 50s acting struggles with. So Patricia Owens, she's, unra- like you said, unraveling mystery. She's selling that to an extent, but she, you're right. She's not really selling the situation. It's just kind of, right. you know, it's fine, but it's... She did, like you said, she had that one, like scream right for the horror aspect right. of the original which we said you know i guess yeah. it's kind of horror but you know it's just when the costume doesn't look that right good right um you know it, she did okay with what she had but like right. you know she didn't really like emote too much mm-hmm. like even after her husband died she wasn't really like remorseful or anything no. so <laughs> you go back to vincent price and his character like he was just like oh man my brother right and this is the woman i think i'm in love with like he's like so conflicted and you can really see that in his portrayal you, you can see in his portrayal um he's conflicted he's confused he, it doesn't none of it adds up to him yeah and then there's also that component of he knows she wouldn't do this even if no one else believes her she he knows she wouldn't do this and he to the end is trying to solve the mystery because ultimately he was trying to save the life of the woman he loves as well yeah. Um, because she's about to go <laughs> life in prison <laughs> to the crazy house. <laughs> um, they probably zap her at that time. Um, oh yeah, true. But like, no. To your point too about the relationship, the movie just allows itself to just. Well, that was horrific, but 
nice fifties ending. Like right. What? It, it definitely tries to go with a happy ending after the horrific events that just happened. It's just like, all right, I guess... Uh, what I'm... happened to Daddy? Well, Daddy was just very sick. Yeah. All right, let's all have a cocktail or something. <laughs> totally. And it's like, in... All right, guys, we got it. I'm all now right. married to my... <laughs> I mean, yeah, because, like, she's... You barely see any emotion from her. Mm-hmm. Like, that her, she killed her husband and her husband's dead. The most emotion you really see from her is when um, the help tries to kill a fly. Right. Which is confusing because your husband's already dead at that point, so it's not like killing the fly would right. ruin any uh, chances of your husband coming back because he's right. not coming back because you already killed him. Right. So I was confused by that. Um, and that's the most emotion you get from her. They have a son in the original, Philippe. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really show any emotion. Right. Like, Daddy's dead, yeah. huh? That's right, nephew. Okay, uncle. It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, in the 50s, like, you know, it's of the time. So we get it. I'm not going to rip on it too much. <laughs> no, but you're right. There's a lot more emotion in the ring. And I think uh, you actually you actually just hit a point that uh, in the sequence, I actually got a little lost. I, I almost forget that. You're right. Though the body's gone, they're still looking for... The fly, because ultimately it it's the husband, maybe. Maybe we. You want? Do you want to get into that, or because we 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 talked about the fly, but we didn't we didn't talk about the tiny fly. We didn't talk about the tiny fly. Should we talk Let's, about the tiny fly? Like yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the tiny fly. We'll just say this: Gina Davis sells it. The emotion is great. I'm giving her the edge just because she puts a human touch on this mm-hmm. um, yeah. that's just not there in the original. Definitely. To that point, tiny fly. Tiny fly. Okay, as, as I said before, uh, in the original, when he teleported with the fly, um, he changed limbs with the fly. He didn't fuse with the fly. So right. while he um, had a fly, that an arm of a fly and the head of a fly, apparently the fly had the head of a human <laughs> and right. the arm of a human. Right. And we get... A lot of the time in the original is spent trying to get this fly. Yeah. And... Yeah. Chasing a fly, you know, in a movie is not very exciting. <laughs> you're, you're, you're right. Like, if you're talking about the drama and you're seeing, like, in the remake, Jeff Goldblum's, like, jumping through windows and, like, yeah. it's a shotgun and, like, acid hands. Like, the biggest action sequence in the film is the fly is in a window that's broken and she's going to run outside and catch it. He's going to try to catch it on the other side. That's, like... The, the biggest action in the movie. By the way, if there's a hole in the window, why don't you just put your hand up to the window? I, I, she's like, no. Oh, no, he's going to get out. I'm going to go outside and try to catch him. Just, yeah. It was the tiniest crack. Just cover yeah. it up. Now he can't escape. Right. Now you can, can get him. Right. I mean, it was, there's a lot of stupid moments there, in that original right. film yeah. to, with regards to catching the fly. That like, That's one of them. Yeah. Uh, the other one is uh, towards the end of the film. When you know, I'm yeah. probably getting here a little early, but whatever. Um, when the fly is in the spider web, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, the whole movie, they're trying to catch the fly because uh, first they think, I guess, that maybe they can help Andre become back human yeah. again. But then after certain, after he's dead, it's just to clear Patricia Owens, Helene character, right? Because she's not crazy; she didn't make this up. He really did fuse or trans whatever with a fly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, if we find this fly, then we could come up with the bogus stories right. so we don't have to arrest her. Right. And they ultimately, they're, you know, they're looking for it. You know, Vincent Price is like following a sound effect in a garden <laughs> at one yeah. point. They follow just a noise for way, way too long way in the original. Happens quite a bit. Um, yeah. You get that, that buzzing sound yeah. and, and, and it's like, all right, like, 
This <laughs> <laughs> is like that okay, action packed as the original <laughs> yeah. can get. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, like I said, um, <laughs> I've been really ha- have trouble getting through this. Yeah. <laughs> They're looking for the fly, and there's one moment where um, Vince Price's character is on this uh, bench outside, yeah. and there's a spider web next to him, and in that spider web is our Andre as the fly. <laughs> help me! Help, help me! <laughs> it's um, it's completely laughable yeah. by today's standards. Totally. It was and it was laughable by standards back then because it took Vincent Price so many takes to get through it because really? just like yeah, you couldn't stop laughing. Because so it is pretty ridiculous to hear a tiny fly, help me. <laughs> you know the Simpsons did it too. Yeah. Uh, Bart was pretending to be like help me and they just smacked the spider in the face. <laughs> so like I couldn't help but think of the Simpsons as well. Totally. totally. Um but yeah, it was just uh pretty laughable and and then like guess they showed us a close-up of it right. and it looked like it was becoming human it was confusing I think, to me i just don't think they had the effect I, yeah i don't think they had the effect i'll say that though a strange choice to have him look slimy and like human e <laughs> like i don't know like he had a human arm he had, definitely had a human arm um and he looked like he was becoming more human. I guess yeah. as he was becoming more fly, that, the fly became more human. That's, that's, that's how that I actually, kind of that's a good interpretation. It. I mean, um, I don't know why Vince Price couldn't hear it at right. first, but like, just wait, just going back to like how they are stupid at trying to capture this fly. Um, Philippe goes up yeah. to his uncle. He's like, "I found the fly. He's gonna get eaten in that spider web." Instead yeah. of saving the fly, he immediately goes like, "I gotta tell everybody else about right. this first. Yeah, it's like. Dude, save the fly! It's about to get eaten by a spider. I thought what? that was so strange. It's like, yep, spiders, big spiders, gonna get him. It's just like, I better go tell everybody first before I save him. Uh, uh, what's the guy's name? Detective or whatever? Um, Karas, Sharas? Yeah, Inspector. Inspector, look, wait. You have to wait. He's like, all right, I'll, uh, but I got, I got ladies to commit. And another uh, character who gives us more sort of humanity in the film his reaction to first of all he goes nuts and just smashes the fly in <laughs> it's just like oh this is like uh, an affront to god like i can't yeah that, that's the only way i could interpret it i thought he was going for the spider and then it was Me like too. oh he killed he killed andre too yeah oh did he mean to do that yeah <laughs> like, yeah and like uh, Vincent Price, well, you're just as much a murderer as uh, she is. Yeah. I'm like, mm, all right, buddy. <laughs> Good luck selling that. But just like that guy, that like that's the worst day that guy's like. Well, that was fun. I saw it. I don't, <laughs> don't, don't want to believe it. It's, it's true. But you know what? Everyone's gonna think we're all crazy. So you forgot to reset the machine. I forgot. <laughs> to, you forgot this. I yeah. forgot that. And uh, yeah, she's yeah. Elaine's free to go. Free to go. The effect is strange. I guess, like you said, maybe he is becoming more human by the end. Um, but I I love that it actually gives Cronenberg like a reference point for what he does with uh, Goldblum's fly. Because it's it just like that slimy, weird like look. I feel like they kind of channeled it in an 80s way okay. as he got like farther along. It was definitely definitely creepy. Yeah, always wet. <laughs> it's super wet. Um, I'm actually glad too in the remake that uh, they don't do like they don't have that like help me moment. They do a little bit, but he's it's Jeff Goldblum saying it. It doesn't have that comedic effect yeah. that it has in the original. Yeah. Like tiny, help me! Yeah. Come on, it's it's hard to sell that as right. like being dramatic at all. 
So, you know, Jeff Goldblum was just like, help me. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, fuck, I better help him. <laughs> yeah. This guy's dying. I don't yeah. know what to do. And then Gina, there it goes. Gina Davis just selling it again, just going anywhere she can for help. Yeah. Powerful performances. Powerful for me. Um, man, I wish John Getz was better at shooting things. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jeff Goldblum just kind of was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> I love, okay, so I made fun of the original for, like, how stupid they were at catching the fly. Right. John Getz is kind of dumb. Like, totally. I'm going to show up at this place with a shotgun unassembled. Unassembled. <laughs> But assemble it on the ground. I and guess it takes a sweet ass time. It's like, come on, dude. You, if you're One gonna bullet, go, two bullets. Yeah, it's a shotgun. Guys, a giant fly. You show up with that shotgun locked and loaded. Totally. Man. You don't show up with the, your it's fucking like, how to make a shotgun right, kit. <laughs> like he's seen the tape. Yeah, he knows what he's dealing with here, and he's just like, well, I'm gonna, like you said, I'm gonna show up and put it together. Um, it almost looked like a fucking like pool stick case. Yeah. Uh-huh. You might as well have been loading a musket at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude. It's like, you know, he cocks the, uh, the shotgun and then, like, boom. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, as great as the remake is, it's like, come yeah. on, you really have to assemble it there. The, the, end, the end, there are some, like, goofy parts. I, I kind of like that, um, no, I really like the scene where she's dreaming about what it, it means to, like, be pregnant right, with a right, fly baby like right. that was kind of cool too right because Ronnie gets pregnant in the remake in the original um, Helene and Andre already have a kid mm-hmm. Philippe mm-hmm. you know it was no and they don't bang after no, he becomes no. a fly but uh, Ronnie and what's his name Seth yeah, yeah. Seth Ronnie and Seth they do have sex a lot like you said yeah, a lot <laughs> oversex Jeff Goldblum in this and um, she's pregnant she's not sure if she's pregnant after or before um, he fused with the fly so she's really freaking out that she's pregnant and she has this nightmare that uh, she's trying to have an abortion right and uh, what comes out is not <laughs> human yeah, at no. all and it's pretty it's very, terrifying very larval yeah. <laughs> yeah. very larval and, and it is I mean it's horrific and yeah. now, now I'm like fuck yeah abort yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> it's like next time no republicans gonna be <laughs> yeah, like alright yeah, exactly I was gonna say it like next time someone's in congress is like no watch this <laughs> uh, I, I believe in the sanctity of larva I, I, I don't think that a woman should be able to but uh it's so creepy it's yeah. so creepy man and like you're just sitting there like thinking about the consequences of like yeah. what this could mean and it's, it's portrayed amazing. Yeah, it is a dream sequence. It is, which could be a cop out, but I'm I'm gonna be like, I, okay, I'm okay with it I, I like because it. there's so much already right. going on. Right, it doesn't need it. It was a nice little scare, it, a little jump scare. Totally, for us. totally. It, it was a, it was fine. Nice way to just be like, you like effects, we got yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. You're still firing because um, I prefer, prefer. I mean, of course, you're not gonna actually have that happen in film because it uh, it it just it doesn't really work for it to be true in that film that that happened. For the story that they're telling. Right. It's just, it's too much, too, really. Too much for, for exactly, too much for that story. Um, it, I still kind of prefer to, like, she's like, so I'm thinking about having this abortion and Jeff Goldblum's like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> gotcha, bitch. You know what I mean? Like, like, um, towards the end, it starts getting kind of, campy in some some respects but like yeah. 
Uh, it, it keeps enough weight, I think, that I'm okay with I think it earned it enough. It totally earned uh, it. Through that journey, like, at a certain point, it does have to kind of come to an end. Right. So when we're kind of at that point, it does start to sort of feel like, like a like formulaic yeah. at a certain which, point. But, like, which, which, I enjoyed the journey so much. I was, I was fine. I 100% agree. Which, actually, like, now that I'm talking about that, it sort of puts back into perspective what you're saying about the shotgun. You saw the guy jump through the window. <laughs> like, like, dude, I don't know. Maybe be ready. Show up, like, <laughs> clearly, he's, like, super strong now. Well, I'm going to assemble this on uh, site, Pilgrim. Pilgrim. <laughs> <laughs> so... And then, man, the he gets a raw deal. Yeah, he does. Now, this I'm talking about, like from what I remember seeing in my youth. Yeah, this that must the acid vomit. Yeah, yeah that must have screwed you up. Terrified the shit mm-hmm. out of me. And it's like I know it looks goofy today, but like I definitely saw this um, probably in the eighties. Yeah, um, yeah, and that just scared the shit out of me. They're like, oh my god, is that gonna happen it's, to my dad? <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's the goofiest effect, but it's still like. Movies totally earn the right to kind of like exactly like all the effects have looked really good up to mm-hmm. that point. So you're able to like okay, it looks a little the, stupid, I, but which I think is the smart call with the effects that the things that are kind of like clearly human um, can look a little dated, but they made this amazing design that is not human, and like that shit holds up in a way that um, that I, I love that their design gets away from. Like, it doesn't just look like a fly. Yeah. And it's this, this crazy mutation. The interpretation is amazing. It serves movies so well. slow. I think there were seven different um, sort of fly costumes mm-hmm. that Jeff Goldblum had to mm-hmm. kind of wear. And uh, that slow build, it's just it, beautiful in the remake. Nailed it. Nailed it. I love the practical effects. And you're just thinking about, like, if it had been made today, just, like, the amount of CG. Oh, yeah. It probably would have looked good, yeah. you know? But it's like... Something about those practical effects. It's something about it. I mean, we talked we talked about this actually a decent amount with uh, CGI films lately, but like costumes, puppets, and stuff like that, still to this day, uh, work very well on film. Um, for instance, and I think we've mentioned this, like Baby Yoda, like that's a puppet, million dollar puppet, and it works. <laughs> it works, and I just I like when movies still use practical effects yeah. because a lot of times, like you mentioned, CGI just We'll take you out of it. Yeah. You know? Help me. <laughs> Help me. What do you think of, since we're kind of talking about the endings a little bit, what do you think about the parallels? They're both, in a way, they're both sort of suicidal in a way. Like, right. um, yeah. one's like this very slow press. That must have sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, that must have really sucked. Can we speed it up a little? Oh, God. <laughs> And then she has to go back. Mm, didn't get the arm. Yeah, yeah. which is weird. Do you think it would totally like destroy any evidence that this man was no, a fly? No, I don't think so. So you um, really had to kind of little yeah. suspension disbelief there, right? To- yeah, yeah. Totally had to suspend disbelief, and I think um, Vincent Price has kind of like a throwaway line about, "Oh, that would like basically like destroy like metal or like it was sex level or something like." I, Even I mean, metal on that would become nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vincent Price. <laughs> I never, he's, I never tried Vincent Price before. He is so good. He's great. Um, but like, yeah, they, the movie's trying to explain why there's no evidence yeah, yeah, yeah. of flyness. Um, yeah, it's like that's definitely not a human head. <laughs> like yeah. nobody said that. It's just completely destroyed. And, and I mean, like, you know, going back to like Patricia Owens, who's you know she she's selling. It. She doesn't want to look, but press the button, grabs a hand, press the button again. 
Um, Gina Davis is like conflicted. She's like, yeah. dude, I do not want to shoot. She you. almost doesn't. <laughs> like, beautiful cinematography to have Jeff Goldblum's fly be like, nope, here's my head. Yeah. You fucking do it. <laughs> I fuse with a telepod, dude. Uh, yeah, look at me. I'm part metal. This is painful. <laughs> that just sucks. It's like, I wanted to live before, but now that I'm part machine, mm-hmm. like, maybe just kill me. He's like, I've gone too far. <laughs> I realize this now. That is an interesting thing, though, because like, he doesn't want to die until he's fused with part of the telepod. Yeah. So, do you think if he was still a fly that he would still be, like, uh, trying to fuse with her? May- maybe. I think um, the same way it's comical in the original that the fly is taking over <laughs> can't oh, we didn't even talk about yeah, that can't do fly stuff okay must so, smash my lab with an as axe. much as Andre doesn't have much to do acting yeah. wise in the yeah. original um, there are moments where his fly hand starts oh to get out of control and he takes his human hand and tries to stop it it's, from moving I'm quite literally wrestling with my humanity <laughs> type, type, type more furiously <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, again, which by today's standards does come across as comical it's, and cheap. It's goofy. <laughs> but I, I like that they um they start to switch from the typewriter to him writing. I think it makes it more conflicting and like human. And he's like, I can barely write yeah, anymore. Right. Um, like I said, it's goofy, but for the time, it definitely works. And I, I do like that play of you're explaining that he is losing his humanity. He's giving up hope because he, he knows what Patricia Owens doesn't know that his brain is going. Right. Jeff Goldblum, to your point, doesn't really recognize it. Yeah. Um, Until, like, the very Yeah, like, right there at the end. And he, to the point where he's like, I'm going to fuse with you and fuse with the flies. We're going to be, like, a... (laughs) We're going to be the most tight family ever. It's like, oh, my God. We'll be, like, three things in one. (laughs) It's like, um, no, dude. You, me, the baby. (laughs) Me. Keeping the baby, uh... Oh my god. His turn is clearly becomes more villainous and monstrous as we said yes. before. But um he's not aware of it at all. She's obviously very aware of what's happening <laughs> to him and is super concerned. But even in that moment she doesn't want to shoot him because she still feels the the human side of it, even though yeah. he's become this monster and like I said, I guess once he was like, Alright, now I'm just mixed with <laughs> machine. machine and um and I this is too much. Please, <laughs> yeah. please shoot me. Kill, kill me now. <laughs> and um, she sells that too. She sells that. That uh, she still doesn't want to kill him. It's insane. Mm-hmm. He tried. He almost successfully fused with her. If uh, the other guy wasn't dead yet, yeah. and uh, would have. But yeah. uh, luckily, that shotgun finally yeah, she, came into play. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna shoot the cord. <laughs> It worked. I, wait, so he shot the cord, so then she would transport? Her telepod was off. His was still on. Okay. Basically. That's what I got out of that's, it. That's what I thought, too. Yeah. Um, Which, I guess, makes sense. You know, I, I, I kind of like it, though, because, like, Gene Davis should be the one to kill him. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. I think that uh, that's actually a fair assessment, that it, it would be sort of a movie cop-out for the White Knight to come in and, like, yeah. save the day. Like, he's very ineffective, John Getz, in, yeah. in that scene. And pretty much there for acid fodder. Like, we we'll see this guy's leg now. <laughs> oh, shit, he's going to, like, do the face. Like, we're going to yeah. get an Indiana Jones situation? I scared the shit out oh, of me so when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> God. Mm. 
Solids. Oh, they hurt now. <laughs> so, so Mr. Fly has to uh, vomit all over. Brundle will fly. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's, uh, he's so good. That's such it. a good dude. What? It's awesome. <laughs> Let's watch it again. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, it, I don't know. The effects are amazing in the um, remake. I would say probably the best effect in the original, and it's been done for. But like was. During her scream, the the multiple the fly lens like the, the point scene. of view of the fly. Yeah, yeah, that that was cool. But like, I mean, come on, dude! Like, <laughs> this, this remake's winning that that fight. And just man, the idea of like maybe that's part of why she was fighting with shooting him too. The idea that she's pregnant with this guy's baby and what does that mean? Like, that's still a mystery. Um, apparently, they get to that in. Sequel, but yeah. I don't know if I want to watch that. You, you don't. I'll say that. But you know, you kind of. I just thought of something as you were saying that. Like maybe she wanted to like still kind of save him because if she could save him, who's mm-hmm. clearly fucking gone, right? There's hope for her baby. I didn't even think that, about that. That's an interesting um, thought, actually. Yeah, may, maybe there is something. Yeah, this guy is clearly gone as right. far as he is. Right. If he, there's still some hope for him, maybe there's still hope for her baby. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It's just, it's the same sort of like, I don't know if it's an allegory, but it's the same story. It's like a man becoming a fly, but then they introduce these these elements and they just put all this depth into yeah. what's a more or less straightforward retelling of a science mishap. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty much a B movie. Yeah. Like, and then you just you add all this depth to it. Uh, you slow it down. Yeah. So that we can go on the journey longer. You know, it's so, not just like from black to white all of a right, sudden. There's right. a lot of gray in between. I, I don't know if I would be able to sit through the original film if they didn't make it mystery. That mystery, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if they had done it in the order. I, I think that, I I just don't think, it would have been compelling enough for me, but like by yeah. not knowing what was going on, I was yeah. hooked yeah. the whole time. This one is like, I know what's going on, and I'm hooked because it's getting weirder. Yeah, it's and, like, how far are they going right, to take it? Right, And I, I mean, ultimately, I did want to see, I this nothing... Re- Recognize was a fly has been shown to me. <laughs> How are they going to do this? Right, right. And by then, I'm like, Ew, that's <laughs> oh, 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 kill that, kill that thing. <laughs> I don't like. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never thought I'd be like yelling at my TV. Oh, get that abortion. <laughs> I mean, gotta, gotta do it. And like you said at the end, like that, that thing has to fucking die. <laughs> Give me the shotgun. I like. I, it's truly horrifying. It's a yeah. scary fucking movie, man. It's... And, it still holds up today. It incredibly holds yeah. up today. And it's just like, like you're saying, like, you're like, could this happen to my dad? And like, now I'm watching, it's like, I don't want to know what it'd be like to feed <laughs> a fly. It's like, marathon sex with Gina Davis is not worth <laughs> becoming a fly. It's like, how do you have any fluids up your body? I'm bundled. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I mean, love Goldblum's performance. I love Gina Davis's performance. Yeah. Um, in in the original, it's like my favorite character is Vincent Price, but like he he's not really given a lot to do, yeah, and he's really not in the flashbacks. No, no, and no. it it's almost like it would have been compelling if like a Vincent Price was becoming a fly, you know, and seeing that journey. Okay, um, but what they did was fine. It just it's different. It's different, yeah. Which, it's it's strange, like too, that like your main character isn't the person who turns into a fly, right? 
Right. So, you know, it's interesting, mm-hmm. um, but not as compelling as going on the journey right. with that person. If, if you had seen more of uh, the original actor, besides him just, like, kind of scribbling notes and not paying attention at the opera or ballet <laughs> or whatever, like... It could be squared plus B squared. I'm oh, sorry, my life. <laughs> I was doing more man signs. Did you so, want to watch this art? Yeah. It's like, I right, can't be bothered with date night. <laughs> what? We didn't even talk about this yet. We, like, jumped straight to the end. The effect of, move, of like, transferring living matter the first time. The way uh, that that, the way that that's yeah. portrayed in both films. Where it's like, the, so when he puts Dandaloo, his cat, into the machine for dubious ethical reasons. <laughs> um, um, and it's just like, hmm, I don't know where my cat is. And, and like, where is that coming from? It's <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down ghost cat in my notes after that. Yeah, so let's just to clarify, in the original film, Andre starts to, wants to, gets the crazy idea after he's feeding his cat, his mm-hmm. house pet. Right. I'm going to teleport this animal, uh, this innocent animal for no reason. A mouse or something? That's what I'm saying. Like, like... Both films are guilty of this, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Um, yeah, so he teleports the cat uh, with the dish. So if that happened in the remake, oh the cat would be infused that, with the dish. I was sitting there, I was like, oh shit, is he going to infuse this cat? <laughs> this cat about to become like a... I, like, what you get in the remake is closer to what I thought was going to happen to this cat. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy shit, is this cat going to become like milk? <laughs> so he infuses the cat, or he teleports the cat in the plate, yeah. but only the plate teleports, and then the cat is just kind of like meowing in yeah. the universe somewhere. 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 Yeah, it's atoms are like in the yeah, air. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I said, I wrote ghost cat down, yeah. which is messed up. <laughs> Not as messed up as like him going, you know, I... Uh, Tried to teleport our cat, and the cat's gone. She's like, why'd you do that? Because I wanted to. Yeah. Okay. She's like, well, promise you won't do any more yeah. animals. It's like, dude, you just put the house pet in this device and, and, and told pretty no much one. killed it. You <laughs> told no one. And you're fine with that? You know, mm-hmm. it's, I'm just, it's just reminding me of when we did the uh, Amityville Horror, <laughs> when Ryan Reynolds killed the dog. We, dog. We, weren't, we weren't on his side anymore. It's like, whoa, whoa, you just killed your cat. Right. And just but, glossing over it, like, oh, in the I, name of science, I said, right, right, honey? I, I let you and my son look for it for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> said nothing, and uh, now I'm going to reveal it in a very horrifying way. Fifties were a different yeah, time, totally, I guess. Totally. We didn't really value our house. Now pets. I may have gotten rid of our cat, but look, <laughs> I, it works. It works. So I'm a genius mm-hmm. again. Couldn't get a mouse. I'm not. I'm no. against testing on animals, but yeah. you know, your house pet versus like a mouse I or a lady, like an insect like, or something. Like. I guess he's not really a cat person. Like you, like you wouldn't you wouldn't put your dog in an yeah, exactly. experimental machine. You would find something else. <laughs> this thing that I've loved for years yeah, yeah. <laughs> that might die. Yeah, of course I would. Like you never did the math of like what happens if it this doesn't work. <laughs> now the remake. Whoa, the remake. Whoa, <laughs> gets a baboon. Right, and he puts it in the teleporter, and it does not disappear into the universe. No, it does not. It like. I don't know, it turns inside out or something, for the lack of a better term. a great effect, dude. Yeah. It's like this weird, fleshy, organ-y thing, and it's just like, it's still alive. Bloody hell, it puts his bloody paw to the window of the teleporter, and just like, ugh, it's gruesome as hell. Again, you couldn't get a mouse, buddy? Right, right. Even that, like, I don't care what you put in there. (laughs) With that effect, I would have been like, you know what, I think I need to take a couple weeks off of the (laughs) teleporting game. But, like, you know, Goldblum in typical Goldblum fashion, just like, eh, type, 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 let's figure out what happened. Like, He's a little upset over it. Yeah. 
but like in the name of science, I guess. And like Gina Davis is like not that disturbed. Like as great as the performance she's given the whole film, like yeah. she's not really disturbed. That you just turned a monkey kind of inside out. Right. Right. And um, you know, just on top of that, he tests it again on another baboon. Where's he getting these baboons from? Uh, a these New York what, City baboons. What pet store is going? You kind of bought five baboons earlier this week, mm-hmm. but I'm going to sell you a sixth one just because yeah. I trust you. It's like, dude, you stop selling baboons. This guy's clearly I, doing something terrible to yeah. baboons. What, like, also, this, like, loft or whatever he lives in, what's the electric bill? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Like, I'm just imagining, like, uh, like some, like, landlords, you're like, oh, boom, the, <laughs> the monkeys, <laughs> the sounds, what are you doing up there? <laughs> You've been having sex with Gina Davis for eight hours now. <laughs> Some of us are trying to sleep. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, those, those little, like, movie mysteries, if you stop and ask the question, you're like, mm-hmm. where are the monkeys coming from? Where were the monkeys coming from? And there, there's a deleted scene in the mm-hmm. remake really? where he fuses the monkey with a dog. Fuck that. I think, I think it's a dog. He fuses it with something because he's yeah. testing out doing two into one. Oh, my God. And he has to kill it. Yeah. They cut it because they're like, well, he's not redeemable after he kills right, that mutated right. animal. If, right. Even if it is spliced with something else, it's like, it's still kind of messed up what you yeah. did. But that's why you don't see the baboon anymore. Yeah. The, uh... That's a good cut. Like, um... <laughs> yes. Like, just him doing the baboon experiment in the first place was probably enough um, yeah. for us to be like, okay, this is clearly dangerous. Yeah, no one in their right... playing God here. Right, <laughs> no one in their right mind would try to use this technology and, um... Hey, he's still going. He said, he's just getting drunk. You seem all right. I'm going to do it on myself. <laughs> just wow. So, so fucking good. <laughs> this is a good movie, man. <laughs> it's really good. I know we're tipping our hand a little early. A little, little, little early. Um, did, is there any other things we want to talk about? We had talked a little bit about Francois Philippe. Uh, do we want to talk about Tony at all? The guy, uh, Colby Meeks in the remake, or doesn't really do anything? Or... Yeah, I mean, um, uh, it just goes into his oversexed uh, yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah, I just think that it, it, I guess in this point we're sort of talking about sort of like auxiliary or like side characters. The original, I would say, pound for pound has the better kind of like side characters. They're more um, consequential. Like the inspector, it actually matters what his opinion is. Um, it's, I mean, there's some other little. Well, Philippe definitely Philippe. Has to find the fly at the end. True, true, Philippe. Yeah, I guess he would fall in that category, even though he's a son. He is more or less an auxiliary character, so they're doing more in the film. Whereas, like John gets sure, you know, he gets a shotgun at the end, but like does save Gina Davis. That yeah, it's okay. Important. <laughs> All right, pretty important guy. All right, you got me there. Tony um, doesn't really do anything though. Tony just, doesn't. Just uh, another chick to bang. And, yeah, but we do get that cool line from Gene Davis, like. Be afraid, be very afraid. Yes. So you yeah. get that um, from her. That Which is. was creepy that she's just there. there. The idea. Right. I was like, whoa, you're there? And you're like totally cool with him banging this other chick? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Super weird. Um, and Tony on the way out, uh, thanks for the fun time. You know? like, that little dig. <laughs> like, she probably should have stopped to like, finish putting her clothes on before walking out the door. A little bit. <laughs> like, alright, you're not wearing like a shirt, just a jacket and... Your pants are like in your hands. It's like real bar fly behavior here. Like I guess you're just used to the, the, that walk. The walk of shame, as they called it in college. Do we want to talk about the bar uh, where you got her? Um, we can. Another. I mean, it's just another great time to do practical effects. 
the bar is like, I don't know, it's like the seediest bar ever. Um, I mean, the bar of Superman too. Okay, gets his ass kicked. <laughs> it is like that. <laughs> it's totally like that. Oh, unless you have something like I didn't really yeah it was mostly just the practical effect um, yeah. just again really I, really good use of it and yeah when I saw the bone snap it just oh, oh yeah I, I had to turn away like, really good use it's kind of like based on how the film was going like uh, we've said this about other movies like the ramp up as it were mm-hmm. like you know something bad's about to happen here right. like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not just gonna slam this guy's hand down like, just, hey, good arm wrestling match, chump. Yeah, you yeah. too. <laughs> Breaks his arm. Come on, lady. We're yeah. going to my house. Um, Let's hit up a few bars first. Okay, yeah, we'll hit up, yeah, we'll hit up a few bars. <laughs> really got to get back to banging people. Um, <laughs> and she's like, I'm too tired to walk up the stairs. Like, there's no elevators. Like, he's like, I need to bang. I will carry you. <laughs> it's just, uh, he's, he becomes so frantic by the end. Like, yeah. just so, like, just like. Must be all that sugar. Yeah, must, must be. <laughs> I don't know, like. That, that's what I would say Tawny brings to the film is that it's just another one chance for practical effects is another chance to see him acting strangely without it being Gina Davis. I think that there is value to seeing someone else seeing him like this. And uh, even though, again, we all know this is all screwed up, but even she's reacting well enough that, like, we haven't fully made the monster turn yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it he still looks like Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> still, still a Goldblum, you know. I, w- I want to hear, see him do like an Apartments dot com commercial <laughs> with the apartment from the Fly. You know? <laughs> Here is where the Telefive could go. But um, I don't know, like the. I would say again, besides like Vincent Price, who to me feels still kind of like a lead, but could fall under auxiliary um, in a way. Um, I think he's kind of up there with Andre, honestly. I, yeah, I, I think I think so. I would say the inspector brings more to the table because he's unraveling mystery as well. Yeah. Um, and his reaction at the end is just like, fuck that. <laughs> Rock on uh, you. Like, no no human spider, uh, uh, human fly things. I, I, help me. And just like, him sitting on the bench like, oh, bro. Like, <laughs> I've seen some shit, but that was sh- yeah. shit. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I've seen a guy's body crushed in the press within the past couple of days, but this, <laughs> this is messed up. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much... Yeah, they're really short films. They're both about an hour and a half each. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. There's not really, really... a lot... There's not really a lot left to unpack. I mean, really, it's just... It's just two different ways of, of showing a scientist trying... Who's dubiously outside of the range of what he should be doing, like that playing God thing that you're saying, right. and what can happen, I guess, when you're playing God. And there's two different ways of portraying it. One sort of mysterious and, you know, tragic in a, in a way for a family, and the other one just like mysterious and tragic in so many different ways, whether it's, it's the pregnancy, the, the, um, his, his transformation, like it's, it is fucked up. Um, completely. And I guess the one thing that we didn't talk about, um, which I guess is why the movie sort of opened itself up for sequels, you don't get the same destruction of the technology. Like, there's regret in the... In the original. He does, he does, he destroys everything. He takes an axe, remember? That's what I'm saying, though. Sorry. So, in, in the original, there is, like, this regret, and he gets rid of... It. He gets oh, yeah, rid he, of. He the, burns his notes. He erases everything. He doesn't want anyone else messing yeah. with this technology. Jeff Goldblum never 
really comes to that realization. Like, he destroys himself, but, like, the technology is still... It's still there, and you can know it's yeah, yeah they're still there. Well, I mean, they kind of get into it in the sequel. I'm kind of getting into it. Yeah, not. Uh, they're, they're having trouble uh, right. teleporting things in the sequel. Yeah. Uh, they're trying to get the sun to figure it out. So. Huh. Okay. I mean, interesting. Yeah. You know. Um, they teleport a dog. It does not end well I, in the sequel. I, uh... <laughs> I like that they don't done what what you did was perfect. There's nothing else that we need to see. Well, in the original film, I feel like the original really tied everything in like a nice neat package. Like you said they destroyed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the uncle, mom, and son are like kind of happy yeah, in a nice, pleasant garden. Yeah, you know yeah. they're not really like yeah. horrified by the events that just occurred in their lives. They're not, ter- um, you know remorseful for the loss of Andre at right. all. They, right. they all seem like they've moved on and their lives are going to be just great. Right. In, in a way, I guess it, the one who wins the most here, Vincent Price. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> gets, hey, gets I to w- be with Elaine who he says he loves. Always loved her and there was a moment where I'm like, is he involved in this? Did he like do something to his brother? Like, mm, that that, that could have been an interesting thing because I thought at some point maybe whether it's him showing her how to operate the press or something like that or like him finding out because, like, there's a scene where he goes in into the basement to, like, talk yeah. to him. They never really talked. It just kind of, like, he went down and he just leaves. Like, yeah, I thought that was really weird. I was, was weird. I was trying to think, like, you never actually see Vincent Price and uh, the, I forget his name, the actor who plays Andre. You never see them in the same scene together. Right. I wasn't sure if it was, like, a shooting conflict where they, they just couldn't Man. get their schedules from line, but you never see them together. It's strange because, it's like, the whole, it's your brother. Right. And you're trying to unravel this version about your brother, but you never interact with him at all. And, and there's even, like, this allusion to, like, they do stuff like this together. Like, they talk about the lab, and, like, they, they've done other experiments as a, a duo. So, like, I thought the original had left space open for him to have been involved, like, to know about the machine and stuff like that. But uh, it's okay that he doesn't. I just thought that that could have been an interesting huh. route to go as I well. I mean, they made two sequels. To That's the original, true. So. <laughs> I don't know. Every time I hear sequels with movies I like, I get I get nervous. <laughs> I get super nervous. Um it's like, is this going to be like a good sequel or, is it, or we Probably got Arthur 2? Those situation. are the two black and white sequels. Anything else? I mean, I, I guess I, maybe I just had like a little thing like just about the music. Sure. I noticed in the original, there wasn't really like a lot of music. There was, I think there was music during the opening credits. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was any music at all until the first flashback. Right. Which was like, wow, <laughs> that's a bold move to not have any music at all. You're just carrying me with dialogue. and yeah, um, it's, it's It was not... a little boring yeah, <laughs> at sure. times. I, I can see that. The scenes where it's just Andre and Helene just kind of like interacting before there's any real, um, you know, science or mystery, it is kind of super boring. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the good thing that keeps you involved is the the mystery hook. Yeah. But uh, if if you take that element out, it, I think it loses a lot. It'd be that'd be a rough watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you're right. I don't I don't really hear a lot of music in the original, like the remake. I don't know, man. They, that movie's just firing on, like, all cylinders. Yeah. Dude. Like I said, you had um, Howard Shore doing the music. Just, um, like... Great composer in the remake. Just, like, the, the ambient, Like, the film, tonally, like, as both both visually and sound-wise, like, it, as a package, it's incredible. And yeah. It, and just, like, just ramps up, ramps up, and it takes you on this crazy roller coaster. And all the way into the end, it's just a wild ride. Yeah. And just, I guess if we want to maybe just talk about the ending of the mm. remake, because we've talked about the original. Um, the ending of the remake just ends after she shoots, yeah. uh, what's his name? Jeff, oh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Seth Brundle. 
Ah, uh, she's Brundle. Yeah. So the, yeah, the remake just ends pretty much straight after she shoots him, and then just phew, credits. Right. And you're just like kind of sitting there, like, what just happened? Right. You're really trying right. to like just it's take just like, it in. Mm. Um, so you don't get the happy ending. Uh, it's not yeah. a neat little package, and mm. you know I think it plays well with what they had been building with that world. So totally. it makes more sense. Totally. Like they wanted to, I think, end originally with her giving birth. Mm. Um, but I think it was a good choice to keep that as sort of a dream sequence. I, I think that there was no need to complicate it. I think they leave you with this sense of uh, almost like dread. Yeah, like, dread, like, dread, dread, dread's word. Yes. Like, <laughs> I'm like, holy shit. Like, what, like the, the implication of what you've seen. It's like, <laughs> could you imagine... A world where like something like that happened. Yes, because yeah. you, you've showed it <laughs> just yeah. really well, <laughs> so I can't imagine it. So it's like, I like, like I say, you could sit back, like we're doing right now. Like our discussion is longer than the film itself. Yeah. Here, like, holy hell, you could, you could, I don't know, you could. The implication, I've said that word too many times now. But like, <laughs> but like, what happens if she has this kid? Like, uh, what's going to happen with this technology? Um, like, is the, is that it? Like, is that it? There's enough kind of sci-fi mystery that like I don't know man like this, this seems like something that it's bad that this exists and what I've witnessed is truly horrifying <laughs> <laughs> truly horrifying whereas like the original like we said just allows you to get off of the ramp like the original kind of like ended it like the help me scene I don't know I don't think an audience at that time I, I think they needed to package that up for, yeah, for, for them. It, it's a little, it's a little outlandish. It's just like, everything's fine. Yeah, it's but, so weird too. It's like, the sun's just like, everything's okay, Uncle? Everything's okay, nephew. Let's go to the zoo. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's all be at, now you're my daddy probably? Probably. Yeah, probably. I've been wanting to bang your mom for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Thought about it all your entire life. <laughs> my pesky brother finally out of the way. <laughs> but, man. Yeah, I, I just think that, um, Another point, though, is, like, the the killing of Andre doesn't really matter to us, um, because... No, because, A, you, who, you, you start off is, the movie. Who yeah. is he? he, was, he was, <laughs> yeah, he's been dead the whole time. Yeah, he's already been, We know he's gonna die, so, yeah. and you didn't really do anything to sort of endear us to him, mm-hmm. so we're okay with him dying. We just wanted to know, I guess, the how. Right. The how is important, and, um, with Goldblum, it's like, you're... St- you're kind of you're behind the guy early on, but the monster that he becomes, yeah, like I'm like dude, you just gotta get rid you of gotta you. Go. this. Can't <laughs> you got to this go? Cannot be a thing anymore. Yeah. So, and uh, it's like, can he be redeemed? It's like, I guess at a certain point, the answer is just no, and you are just seeing just like, how is this just gonna end? Right. I I agree. It's like at some point you're just like, you know what? Wash my hands of it. I, <laughs> yeah. You're you're like Gina Davis, like. I am pregnant with this guy's kid. This that just can't be a, a fact anymore. And she's you know doing her damnedest to um, to sort of cleanse herself of, of this whole event. The movie's good about not giving us our own sort of cleanse. You just got to sit in this horror. It's, yeah. it's it's fascinating. It's really fascinating. Well, unless there's anything else you got to say, I think we should just get to our verdicts. Yeah, which I think. <laughs> it's pretty it's, obvious. It's very apparent, but uh, I'll say this in terms of uh, final final thoughts. Okay. Um, the original film um, works because 
of the mystery of it. Um, the remake t takes this very bold choice of just saying, let's throw that out, and we're just going to tell the story straight. And what could easily, in the wrong hands, go off the rails into just the absurd and the um, is just it's it's deeply unsettling. Um, it makes you think about things just beyond a man turning into a fly. It makes you, I don't know, this is like this human element, there's this monster element, like the horrors that science could bring upon us. It just makes you think all while, while completely terrifying you. The effects are incredible. And I mean, if you're asking me if this remake should exist, <laughs> hell yeah, it should exist. Stands alone. You don't need to see the original to enjoy this. They're really not even that closely connected no. and i'm glad that the remake exists one of the best films that we've watched so far yeah hands down i guess if you're asking me should the remake exist i'll just answer by saying this i think this is the best remake we've seen yeah uh judging it based on its source material i they went above and beyond yeah. uh making this remake uh like you said what the original has going for it is that mystery and i guess the shock of a man becoming a fly mm -hmm. and then that's pretty much all it has and the remake doesn't rely on the shock. You know he's going to turn into a fly. It goes into these areas you don't expect it to go. Right. And it really, it's really disturbing, yeah, <laughs> the areas totally. it goes to. And that's just, as a movie watcher, it's just so intriguing that they decided to go there. It's good that they decided to throw out a lot of the original stuff from the movie because it really made it its own thing. Mm -hmm. We talked about like maybe Little Shop of Horrors kind of made it its own, but The Fly, the remake of The Fly, really is its own thing. It's it another level. It's it's amazing what they did, and just going to like the way the stories were told in the the way the story sorry the way the story was told in the remake, the portrayals by our lead actor and actress are just amazing, and I mean I can't say enough good things about yeah. the practical effects. Yeah. It, it won an Academy Award for uh, makeup, makeup, yeah, and it. Deserve it so, so much. It's so just, I love practical effects, and when you, this is one of the examples of it's like just such good uses of practical effects, and it's combined with the story and the acting. It, it was amazing. I love this remake. Uh, I, if you haven't seen it, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. Watch this remake. Definitely, I think one of the best remakes yeah, we've ever seen. I want to do a flashback to myself not seeing this movie for thirty years. Like, <laughs> <punch> myself, <laughs> what are you doing, you idiot? But uh, man. I don't know how often we're going to enjoy a remake that just kind of like doesn't sit with the source material because a lot of times yeah. some of the movies that we watch when they make choices uh, right. that take away like Total Recall is a great example it was like this isn't like the thing that I like yeah, yeah. but like this one the changes are I don't know it's just it's a whole changes are better. different thing and it <laughs> makes it a better story um, I I'm glad that they they allowed themselves to go there. Um, yeah, and it it was to bold totally to do what they off. did, and yeah, it absolutely paid off. So, uh, yeah, Oof. highly recommend it. Go watch this remake. Give the original a shot. Um, it's it's still yeah. a very good movie, especially considering when it was made. Um, I I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. Um, there were some cheesy parts, and there were parts that you said were a little bit more laugh boring. definitely laughable parts in the <laughs> original. But uh. Unfortunately, we probably spoiled it for you already, but like if, without the spoiler, actually trying to figure out what's going on was a fun ride. Um, yeah, it's, but, the, it's the strength of the original, mm -hmm, is that mystery. Mm -hmm. But the remake just, I don't know, dude, it, everything. It's, it's all good. <laughs> everything about it. Nothing but good things to say about that remake. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. 
Well, I guess on that note, Reggie, uh, we should try to figure out what we're going to do next. Right. And we should have thought about this <laughs> while, we were, while we were waiting. That's all right. We'll figure it out now. How about you figure it out? I really got to pee. All right. I'll figure it out. You got it. I picked the fly, I think. What do you got? All right. Next episode. What should we do? So I'm thinking uh, we've had a decent amount of horror recently. We've had, uh, you know, things that have been more cerebral. I think lately, okay. I want to do something that is thrilling, but a little more action-oriented, but also not burning good movies, because I think the visual component is is getting good, but I want to save some of that for uh, for later as we get better at this. Um, this is my safe pick for the Okay. okay. Uh, let's watch Poseidon. Poseidon? Yeah. Okay. Boat movie. Yeah. Boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. The uh, boat turns upside down, right? The boat turns upside down. I remember when the remake came out. I yeah. won't say if I saw it or not, but I do remember when that came out. Yeah, yeah. I, I've got more opinions about these films than, than you would think. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. In a quick hit, I also highly recommend you watch the Pokemon episode that is also based off of those films. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The episode where uh, James from Team Rocket gets his magic carp is on, I believe, a uh, cruise ship, and it gets Poseidon. Okay, I don't know if I... Is it one of the early seasons? Because I only it's saw, super, like, the, Super early. It's I only like, saw the early seasons of Pokemon. It, I think it's actually within, like, the first ten episodes. Okay, then I probably saw it. Yeah. I just probably didn't realize it was based on Poseidon. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So... All right, Poseidon. Why not? Boat turns upside down. It's all about it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. The original has, like, more of a title to it, like the... The Poseidon Journey or something yeah, like that, yeah, but uh, yeah, we're watching Poseidon, and uh, okay. I'm also recommending that we watch the Pokemon episode that is that is based on the same material. Okay, I'll check out the Pokemon. I'll, I'll send you the link. Yeah, yeah, send <laughs> I'm excited. Good. All right, well, that was a that was another good episode, that man. That was great, fun, great movies. I, I find that when we start talking, sometimes I like movies more <laughs> than when I was watching. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, this is good. And then we started talking. I was like, it was great. <laughs> Slam dunk. Mutant Goldblum. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, okay. Well, I'm Dan Bulick. Uh, you guys check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. obviously YouTube, uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. iTunes. If you can give us five stars on iTunes, help us grow. Help it out. Much appreciated. But yeah, tell us what you like. Uh, oh, yeah. If there's something you don't like, just be nice about it. <laughs> We're sensitive. <laughs> I'm Reggie Parker, and I'm Dan Bulick. And this was another episode of Retro, Retro versus Remake. Well, yeah, you're right. When I talk to you about it, I do I'm like the movie more. <laughs> I'm like, this is all fucking awesome. <laughs>